Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City. Steelers, Buccaneers on Sunday. Crowley, Dunlap. Here with you. Before we get into the news of the weekend, a little debate we're having with one of our buddies in the media. Colin, I was thinking about this. Kenny Pickett is a rookie. I think so much about how good a player becomes is where the player lands in the opportunities that he is given. And Tom Brady, to me, is case in point. If Tom Brady doesn't see Drew Bledsoe get hurt. He's right? the greatest quarterback of all time, this guy. If Drew Bledsoe wins a Super Bowl in 01, does Tom Brady ever become the GOAT? Is he ever given the real opportunity? I've always wondered this, but I was thinking about it because of Kenny Pickett. If Tom Brady doesn't see Scott Driesbach get hurt in college and Drew Henson not perform well, he might not even ever be a sixth-round pick and get an opportunity at Michigan. He might yeah. he might wind up back at San Diego State or transfer home to um, San Jose and just be okay and not be surrounded by great players. It really is remarkable to me the way that his career unfolded and what he became. And there's always that hypothetical. Had Ben Roethlisberger wound up a Cleveland Brown, would he have been successful? I bet you Ben would have been good in Cleveland. I'm not so sure he would have made the Hall of Fame, though. I think where you land matters big time. And I thought Kenny Pickett landed in a good spot. 
because of the stability of this organization, Colin, and the skill position players that he's surrounded with. Now I'm not so sure. If Ben would have landed in Cleveland, he would have been Jeff Blake, but more oh, years. Man, they'd have given him more time. Yeah, like he would have been a quarterback like that, like really respected, but never been able to achieve. I don't think he. Do you think he would have been like Goff was in, um, or uh, what's his name was in Detroit before he went out to um, Stafford? If Stafford was, excuse me, in Detroit. Yeah. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good call. I bet you Ben would have been successful, made the playoffs a couple of times, had some losing seasons too, but would not be a guy that was thought of as a Hall of Famer. See, I think that Stafford would would have been a Hall of Famer even if he doesn't end up out west. Like if he would have just rode it out statistically just Yeah, cuz yeah. the numbers were so ridiculous. What a debate though. Like I'm trying to think of somebody he would be compared to. Jeff Blake's probably a bad one. It just came to the top of my mind as like a quarterback that had a good couple years and was respected amongst his peers, but really wasn't ever great. Yeah. Um, but Stafford might be more like it, like an individual talent that was wonderful, but always had to toil in anonymity because his team sucked. Yeah. I think it just, I think it matters big time where you land. Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel's a good one. I mean, even think about now moving it forward, what Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Like when he came out, a lot of people said, "Okay, this Cincinnati franchise is a dumpster fire." Yeah. But look at the skill position guys they have, and this was even before Jamar Chase. It was a nice nest egg. I, I've I've been thinking about Kenny Pickett and what we're going to see over the next twelve weeks, and this will get us into the debate that we are having. With uh, with one of our media friends here, Colin, maybe for you, even a friend in real life. How about that? Uh, about what Kenny Pickett over the next 12 weeks needs to do. But he's not surrounded with as much talent, I think, as people thought coming into the year, myself included. Like Deontay Johnson's a good player. I don't think he's great. Chase Claypool's a mediocre player. I don't think he's good. George Pickens may well one day be great. He might be good now but there's still going to be a learning curve there. Uh, I've had this internal debate with myself, what to make of these next 12 weeks for Kenny Pickett. What say you? Well, I think it's a proving ground. I think it is a, a situation where it is, it's a tryout of sorts. Uh, that's uh, okay. If you're asking me to be the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, not even the general manager, because the general manager isn't in charge of football here. He's a businessman. If you're asking me to be the football operations guy or whatever. The grand uh, poobah of all things football. Yeah, Mr. Mr. White of football. If you're asking me to be that, I would make it a I would make it a tryout, a 12-week tryout because of this. Let's say that Kenny Pickett isn't good. And look, I think it's going to be moot. Let me preface this with I think it's going to be moot. I think he's going to show maybe not exponential, but incremental um advancement and be pretty good and then they're going to get to the end of the year and say yeah he's our guy yeah he, he might not have knocked our socks off but yes we we like what we see but let's say that doesn't happen generational quarterbacks or top five quarterbacks because if he doesn't play well and they win four or five games they're going to draft draft in the top five mm -hmm. how often are the pittsburgh steelers in a position to draft in the top five I don't know if I would take a quarterback, but the fact that some people think just knee jerk off the, just no way do you even think about it. If one of those guys potentially you think could be better, 
you're derelict of duty to not take the most important position and upgrade it. Yeah, at the very least, it's something you consider. It's not something that you just dismiss out of hand. If Kenny Pickett does not blow your socks off, if he does not have a tremendous rookie season and C.J. Stroud's coming out and you have your sights set on even an offensive tackle or a defensive lineman, one of those freaks, but you say, you know what, if C.J.'s there, we got we to gotta do our due diligence. And if you don't do that, yeah, it's, it's a dereliction of duty. And I think it's you, – you have to get quarterback right, obviously. If you stick with Kenny Pickett and he has a bad year this year to play along with the hypothetical, mm-hmm. and you do it because, well, we thought last year he was the guy. If he shows you anything this year that makes you think he's not the guy, you have to move on because you're going to waste – you're just going to waste another year and maybe even a year after that trying to figure it out or trying to shoehorn him in or trying to build the roster around that guy. Whereas we've now seen franchises in the NFL and Arizona's the example. Josh Rosen, they said, you know what? He's not it. This next guy we think is going to be better. You're allowed to do that. They and were actually, destroyed for it at the time. Even how bad Josh Rosen was, they were yep. destroyed for it. They were. And you know, I actually thought it was brilliant because, yeah, you admit fault and you effed up before, but instead of being married to your mistake, you are actually now you're you're just you're cutting it out and you're moving on. So, yeah, you have to look at it. And Aditi Kikabala, she uh, she disagreed though, huh? Yeah, she thinks you ride it out that you look at and and look. I I can't keep citing Peyton Manning being three and thirteen his rookie year as applicable to this situation, because it's not. I think the Peyton Manning had a much higher pedigree coming in. Peyton Manning was – it was a different construct in terms of contracts at that time. Mm-hmm. And it, it just Absolutely. was – Absolutely, good point. Yeah, it was just much different. And New England – or pardon me, Indianapolis had not built a defense that was, one, ready-made, but two, a clock was ticking to where it was going to break up. Well, and here's the other thing. Baker Mayfield had a really good rookie season, and then he's wound up to not be very good. So it's not a science. What what you do your first year means that you know what's going to happen going forward. But what if it's not even about Kenny Pickett? What if it's about the quarterback that's sitting there in the top 10? And if that guy's looking you, and again, I keep using C.J. Stroud, let's say it's Bryce Young, Will Levis, whatever. That guy's there and you think they're great, and you never thought you'd be picking in the top 10 this year. The Steelers in their wildest dreams never thought they'd be picking in the top 10. That guy's there. It might not even have anything to do with Kenny Pickett. You they can took view Chase that independently. when the wide receiver room was full. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly right. I mean, with essentially their first pick. Yep. Uh, whenever he was a second-round pick, but he was their first pick. The wide receiver yeah. room still had Juju in it, and it had Deontay Johnson. It was pretty full at that time. Yeah. Uh, I, I again, I think it'll be a moot point, but if if you tell me I can't say that Kenny Pickett hasn't blown me away through six quarters, and I think he's been pretty good, but he hasn't mm-hmm. blown me away, why can the inverse be true? Why can people comfortably say after just six quarters, he's the guy for the next few years? Right. It just needs to play out both ways. Right, and what it is, it's it's a lot of confirmation bias, I think, for, for most people. Not not saying for you, but people, people who like Kenny Pickett coming out, 
He's played pretty well. People who haven't, well, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. Uh, you, you and me, I mean, we're smart people. That's why we're doing the fourth down on the Steel City podcast. I think he's been pretty good, but there's a lot of time left in the season. It's, yeah, Go ahead. It, it, and that's what's going to tell the story here it, is the body the of work. In sports talk show history that I've been involved in it, where people are telling me, because I'm not rushing to judgment, that I'm wrong. Right. It, like the people people are rushing to judgment already like this man is the savior. I don't know if he is or if he isn't. It's okay to let it play out. It is. It's okay. There's a word for that. It's nuance. When we return, Colin, I want to get into it it sort of becomes nuts and boltsy of talk show host, but I think the people are going to want to hear it. Plus there's an injury to a stealer or well, we found something out about a Steeler. We'll get to that coming up next. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City. Colin, you know what I was thinking about today? Steelers staring down the barrel, nine-point underdog at home, of being one and five, and potentially then one and six and one and seven. The way we talk about the Steelers right now is a way we haven't talked about the Steelers, for, and I'm certain of this, since 2003. And that was the last time the Steelers had a losing season, obviously. My entire media career, Colin, every single game I've talked about, I've broken it down in a way, will the Steelers have a chance to win this game? Here's what happens. Here's what the Steelers need to do to win. Here are the tentacles that come off of it if they win. Here are the tentacles that come off of it if they lose. What's it mean in the playoff picture? This is the first year since 2003, I think, Maybe the Duck Hodges here. We can get into it. 
that I'm going into these games and it's, okay, sure, they could win, but what are you looking for if they don't win? It's the first time I can ever recall that. I don't know. Who was it's, the quarterback in 2003? Was it a, a Maddox? It was, it was Maddox, yeah. Yeah, it was a Maddox-led It's team. crazy, man. You know, you're probably right. And here's the thing. Teams that are rebuilding or teams that are perpetually bad, they don't talk about it like this. They've come to kind of accept that their team is bad. And they're week to week. Like, they get excited by a, a, a win here and there. Mm-hmm. Right? Detroit. Or they get excited and hyped by a new coach. Or excited and hyped by a bright spot within a game. Uh, it's incredibly foreign territory here. You're, you're, you're really right. It only comes around every once in a while. And I don't like the feeling and I don't like talking about it. And I just keep coming back to they could have insulated themselves from this if they drafted better. Certainly they could have. And it's something we talked about on the morning show earlier on this week. And I brought it up on the early morning show. They have no one to blame but themselves and their own stubborn way of thinking. Uh, no one thought, and no one, and whenever I say no, I mean the consensus was that last year was not a good quarterback draft. Okay, Steelers took a quarterback anyway. They must know better, right? Well, what about before that? Draft a running back in the first round. The consensus says don't draft a running back in the first round. Well, Steelers know better. Consensus says build your offensive lineup. That's how you win. You win in the trenches. Steelers say, no, we'll develop losers we know better. Um, the Steelers are trying to win with defense in an offensive league because, oh, hey, they know better. They have a smaller staff than most teams in the league because, well, they know better. Would they be better with Juju and not Deontay Johnson? Juju got a lot of flack for being TikTok guy, but Juju cared. Juju cared about winning. Juju, I don't think, was a stats hog. Like Deontay Johnson's throwing his hands up, jumping up and down when he doesn't get a ball, and then he's talking bad about Ryan Clark, and he feels like he's got to respond to that, and he's dropping balls. I mean, I always thought Juju gave 110% and cared about winning more than the stats. Um, I think he helps more in a close game. I think he helps in a close game, and he helps in an offense that's trying to figure it out because he can slide inside. I don't know. It's just a hypothetical. But it is very foreign territory for Steeler fans. And I'll tell you, if they lose this week, Mm -hmm. it won't be premature. It'll probably be right on time. Die-hard, old-school, died-in-the-wool fans will shift from anticipating and expecting a Steelers win and I'm happy all the time to, all right, results, yeah, they matter. But for this season, they're done. Just show me. It's almost like it would be an extended preseason, like the games don't count. I'm trying oh. to get a gauge on individual talent. That's what it turns into if they I lose know. Tampa. I know. And I – it's not – that's just not fun for me. It, I mean, that's it, that's pirate stuff, man. <laughs> That like, oh look how hard O'Neill Cruz hit the ball. Okay, they lost thirteen to two, and they're going to lose tomorrow, and they're going to lose the day after that. I guess it's part of being a sports fan that generally you're going to have ups and downs. But it's been eighteen years since the real downs as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I'm just not here for this football team to ever be about. Well, I better give this uh, this Calvin Austin guy a try because he's going to be pretty good. I do think they should because they've got nothing to lose. It can help them win maybe going with the Calvin Austin. But 
you get my point here. Right. Like, oh, let's try out the young guy. Put Mark Robinson in because your season's lost. Well, I'd rather you put Mark Robinson in because you think it helps you win. And there's a difference between those two things, obviously, and a significant one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know the direction it goes. I just, I wonder to, it, uh, here's the other part. Mm-hmm. This is a fascinating discussion for me. I thought maybe two, three years, it's just before the pandemic. I thought that there were three factions in town. There were, and it was small in the middle. It was big on either side. It was probably a middle 10% and a 40% on each side, if you follow my graph. 40% to this side say, Mike Tomlin is great. I love him. It's wonderful. Anything he does, he wins a lot of regular season games. Come on, he's great. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. 40% on this side don't like the guy and never like the guy and it's never good enough. 10, 20% in the middle. So, you know, 40, 40 and 20% in the Matthew. middle. Is no, 20% in the middle are like, eh, I go by what the, what the results are now. I kind of can, I can be swayed. I'm not in a, in a firm camp. I really think since the pandemic happened and now in through a couple seasons that haven't, that aren't going to be good. I think that middle ground has grown a lot. Mm. I think that people, now we're more pliable as sports fans in this town and have shifted into from both categories. Either I love the guy or I can't stand the guy to, you know, after I have a long thought about it, this guy got to show me something before I really have my firm opinion on. Well, I know I've moved into the 20% and I was in the 40% that was big Mike Tomlin guy for a while. And really what changed for me, yeah, the Jacksonville loss was bad and the AFC championship loss to new England was bad. And there were some lean years um, Steelers wise, right? So it's all relative lean years for the Steelers. The one that got me was when you lose to Cleveland, they don't have their coach, your Pittsburgh, they're Cleveland. You started 11 and 0 they're Cleveland. And they come in there and they give, and they put up 45 points on you. Like that's when it really turned for me because I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for being a good coach. You start the season the way you do that year, you limp down the stretch, but you make the playoffs. And I still think you should beat Cleveland and you don't. That was it for me. That was it for me that moved me into the, into the, I'm going to need to start seeing it here sooner rather than later. The Miles Jack interception along the sideline when he toe dragged in the Jacksonville game. You remember that, I'm sure. Mm. Um, that did it for me right around that moment, whenever there was a level of public disrespect by the Pittsburgh Steelers and their head coach with that football team that was coming here. That's fair. And it was hubris. It was, we think that was the moment for me. I realized that people in that building, especially the head coach at times, thinks that the logo is simply going to win football games. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I mean, they've done things sort of the opposite way that the successful teams in the league are doing things now, and they just expect because you slap a a logo on one side of the helmet, well, we can draft Kenny Pickett, even though it's not a good quarterback draft, but we'll do it. We'll fix him because – or we won't fix him. We'll make him good because we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Doesn't effing work that way, man. It just, it doesn't. And 
I have serious doubts now about the direction of this franchise and how long it's going to take them to get back to a level of prominence when they continue to go against the grain from the rest of the league. And there seems to be one guy in charge in Mike Tomlin, and he can't be moved off his spot. There's nobody who's going to tell him, no, you can't do it the way that you think is best. And what he thinks is best, clearly to me right now, is not the way to go. There's breaking news about the running back situation. You want to get into it next? I sure do. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City, Colin. Hello, I'm Hello. Crowley. I thought you, I didn't know what you were doing there. You you put your head back, people can't see this, it's not on video. Question, before we get into the running back, and the breaking news about said running back, when yeah. you talk, do you look at me or do you look at yourself? Oh, because it's a split screen, you're saying? A lot of times Correct. I close my eyes. But, I've noticed that, too. Do you do that yeah. on the show? I never noticed that on the show. I do, yes, because I'm thinking. And I seem to yeah. think if I close my eyes, I'll think better, even though that's not true. It's like an old, it's like a little kid who, when he plays hide-and-seek, he closes his eyes and he thinks he can be invisible, <laughs> even though he's not. Uh, I'm so trying I, it now. I feel smarter. No, I just, I do that. I do it on the show. We're an audio medium, largely, not necessarily as much a video medium. But people say that they see me do that on the camera there on the Fan Morning Show, and people have seen it on clips on this right here, fourth down in the Steel City. Uh, when I talk sports, t- like, okay, when I would host the show by myself, mm-hmm. I there are times where I have my eyes closed for six minutes in a, at a time. That's wild to me. And then I'll look at my piece of paper to get back to the train of thought or look at the computer. And then, especially when it drifts into a longer rant, uh, i.e. thoughts or one of those sort of tangents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A soliloquy, if you will. There it is. Yeah, diatribe. Uh, so all of that. So, yeah, that happens. But A uh, filibuster? Sometimes, Mr. Smith in Washington. But, yeah, um, no, I, I kind of look 
I kind of look at myself to make sure I look all right. And then I look over at you while you're talking. Cause I like to look at people while they're talking, even though you're just on the computer, but it's a sense of respect. See, I do the same thing. I look at you while you're talking, but I look at me while I'm talking, yeah. which if, if we were in person, I wouldn't be able to look at me while I was talking. Unless obviously. you were talking into a mirror, but otherwise, yes. To the breaking news. Yes. Your guy, our guy, Steelers fans guy, actually neither of our guy, frankly, Najee Harris He's been playing with a steel sock. Yeah, some kind of steel insert in his shoe, he says, since he was injured at training camp. He's been doing it since training camp. Mother. It came out earlier this week. It, the, the, not the news. I guess the news did too. But the steel insert came out earlier this week. Now, there's a couple things at play. One, was it made of like the, 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 those gold bars and those cartoons that are nine million pounds how heavy was this thing because it was glaringly obvious he couldn't i mean what was it like one of those um ball and chains that they have in those old school movies that they put on crooks i don't know it, it had to be heavy as hell they tied like, my wife around his ankle yeah cool there you go at least nice. it looked like it but to the more serious thought and maybe it'll come out and he'll show a little bit more explosiveness right but <laughs> oh. this is where if Najee Harris was playing debilitated by two things, one, his ankle, or excuse me, by his Liz Frank injury, and then by extension, and as a result of that, a device that was placed in his shoe, if, he if they were going to those lengths, mm -hmm. why was Jalen Warren not getting more That's right. earlier carries in the football game? That's right. I mean, it's, it's two things for me. One, how in the F – after he suffers that injury in training camp, do you play him in the third preseason game if you're Mike Tomlin? It's incredibly, it's mind-numbingly stupid. Sure, we want our offense to flow through Najee, which they said all damn offseason. Now, third preseason game, the guy's got a Liz Frank injury. You're going to play him? Yeah, real good idea, Mike. Genius stuff. And then, Jalen Warren's played well. I mean, you look at his statistics versus Najee Harris's statistics in the yards per carry, and you just use your eyes. Sometimes all you need is your eyes and you see the explosiveness of Jalen Warren. There's nothing wrong with if you know Najee's hurt to the extent where he needs to have a bulletproof foot that you can't dial him back a little bit. And that, I think, would make him more effective. You'd give Jalen Warren more burn. It just, it's, uh, we keep, we use the phrase a lot with this coaching staff right now and the way that things are going. It's dereliction of duty. Why are you going to play? It's one thing if you don't have a backup. It's one right. thing if it's Benny Snell. You know what? We'll go with a 75% Najee Harris or whatever you want to characterize it as. You have Jalen Warren who looks pretty good. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Makes me mad. I'm makes frustrated. Mad. Do you think Ur. Plexico Burris may inquire about this insert so as to <laughs> help him out? Would have saved him some trouble. Yes. You know what? Maybe the Steelers should fit the entire team with these bulletproof shoes because they do continuously shoot themselves in the foot. The old, why isn't the plane made out of the black box situation? One of those. For real though, why don't they do that? Well, too expensive, I think, and probably cost prohibitive and maybe something to do with the aerodynamics and the ability to take off. Oh, just gravity, a guess. Exactly. I don't know that, but that would yeah. be just a guess or it would be logic uh, as to why you would do it. Back to the point though. Jalen mm -hmm. Warren, it... I don't know whose call it is. Is it Matt Canada's? Is it Mike Tomlin's philosophy and game plan? It just seems simple if you have a guy that's dinged up and you have somebody who is a capable backup. 
I'm not asking for Jalen Warren to get 25 carries a game. No. But he's allowed to get eight. Yeah, and I'm not even suggesting that you sit Najee Harris down fully. If he's healthy enough to play and you're not worried about re-injury, then, yeah, he can still take the field on Sundays. Just don't try to feature him. The Steelers were down 17-3 to to Buffalo. It's first and 10. There's nine minutes to go in the second quarter. They're still they're teetering on being in this ball game, right? First and 10, you run the ball with Najee Harris. Second and nine, you run the ball with Najee Harris. If you're going to try to feature your running game and he's wearing a steel boot because his foot's hurt, I mean, you got to ask yourself a lot of questions here. Like, if this is Mike Tomlin saying feature the hurt guy, then Mike Tomlin is dumb in that instance. If it's Matt Canada saying let's feature the hurt guy, then Matt Canada is dumb. It's dumb. Let's feature the hurt guy when you're going up against Buffalo and you know you got to score a whole bunch of points to win. More probable. More probable this time next year, week five next year, week five going into week six, week six going into week seven, somewhere in and around there. Mid-October next year. More probable. We're sitting here, or people are talking about this in Steelerville. Man, it was just a slow start. Once he got going, he was fine. And Najee Harris is among the elite backs, and he lives up to where he was drafted because there aren't a whole lot of first-round backs that are in the league right now. More probable that happens, and everybody goes, ah, it's just a bump in the road. Or Najee Harris is continues to be an average back. I think it's more likely the second one, but I'm actually encouraged that he's been this hurt. If he wasn't this hurt, then he would already be a bust to me because he's he clearly got no better, and he's nowhere near a top 10 back with the injury. Last year, he was pretty good. Some people think he was good. Some people think he was great. I thought last year he was pretty good. Yeah. I think he can be a middle-of-the-pack back in this league. The injury actually makes me a little bit happier because if you weren't hurt and playing the way he's been playing, I think he'd already be on a one-way ticket to bust town. Can I spin it another way before we get out of here? Sure, pal. I love the way you spin it, but I spin it that the injury has me feeling worse because I don't see that injury as ever fully going away for a guy who needs to be explosive. Mm. And I wonder, I hope it isn't, but it just feels to me like it could be a downfall and a potential a potential Achilles heel, almost literally, that the guy can never shake. Unless you're going to sit him down for a while, right? I mean, it is something that's, I, I don't know. I don't know how that heals. How do you hide that as a running back? How do you hide the Liz Frank as a running back? You hide it behind Jalen Warren. Right. Colin, I think the Steelers lose, but cover. What say you? Uh, nine points is the, um, is the Vegas line right yeah. now. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers lose 27 to 20. Colin's eyes were closed that entire segment. Yeah. We'll see you on Monday for the reaction after Brady carves the Steelers apart.